We have uh, the president has just uh, delivered his uh, his talk uh, to the nation this evening on the COVID nineteen uh, p- uh, pandemic, and uh, we have uh, on the line with us to give us uh, an analysis of a brief analysis on the president's speech, uh, Sanusha Naidu. Good evening, Sanusha. Thanks for joining us. Good evening. Uh, pleasure to be on the show. Yes, Sanusha, just could you give me just an over, overview of what you make of it? I think, you know, I, my, I have two views on it. One is uh, the focus on women, and that has really impressed me. The other one, I this is a personal view, I'm slightly concerned because it seems almost as if uh, the, the president has surrendered in the sense that, you know, he's getting all this pressure and he's just opening up and this might co- be, co- create a spike. But what is your take on the speech in a general sense? Um, yeah, I think you've covered uh, the two main points coming out there in terms of uh, further deregula- deregulating the, the rules so that more of the economy can open up mm-hmm. and essentially allow people, particularly those that are vulnerable and are economically uh, affected by mm-hmm. this uh, lockdown, to mm-hmm. enable them to get back to work. And the bulk of, you must remember, the bulk of people that actually had been impacted by the lockdown and also under level four and level three in where certain industries were not allowed to open, that has actually created a, a, a snowboarding effect on their livelihoods and, of course, on their economic uh, economic um, security. So that in itself, I think, is the pressure that it's coming not just from the context of uh, constituencies or, or groups in the country that are pushing for the president to open up that those spaces that have not been opened, but rather it's also the pressure from the economy. You know, we know we are, we are an economy that's labor intensive, and if people are not going to get back to work, returns are going to happen. UIF is, can only provide so much. We're going to see serious challenges, and I think that's one of the reasons. I think the the emphasis on on, on gender based violence was really really important and significant for him to identify and and talk about it in the speech or in the address to the nation. But particularly because it's it's been it's the frequency of it has been always been in the South African uh, context in the South African mindset. It's, it's not something that just spurred. But what's happening is that it's becoming um, acute and it's becoming endemic. And so, to an extent where something has to be done, something has to be uh, addressed. And therefore, the president, by bringing it, by, by highlighting it, and talking about it, and saying it, telling. Um, South Africans, both male and female, and across the racial barriers, that, the, uh, that this is not about a time where these kinds of acts of violence can continue. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether people are drinking and they are in confined spaces and different things, their psychological state of mind is, you know, whatever the situation is. The point about it is that it's becoming epidemic in the way that it's happening. And I think with the coronavirus coupled with this, we're seeing very, very uh, constraining times and I think the president himself had to come out and say that we can't go on like this That's correct, absolutely correct uh, Sanisha, can you hold on to line I just want to remind our listeners that um, you know this is Cape Talk and you can call us at 021-446-0567 drop us a WhatsApp message at 072-567-1567 we want to hear from you I also have on the line uh, from Johannesburg uh, you know, with Sanusha, I have uh, Lumkile Mondi. Uh, good evening. Uh, welcome, Lumkile. 
Uh, good evening, uh, good evening, Tanisha. Thanks, thanks for having me. I, how are you? Uh, how are you? And, and, and how did you? How did? What did you make of the overall? What do you make of of the president's uh, speech? Uh, I think the president uh, got the message loud and clear from the court action, mm-hmm. uh, which has been contested uh, about the detachment, which many people raise questions that it will stand uh, any appeal. I think it's very clear that um, some of the regulations that were prevailing were really disadvantaging um, the, uh, the informal economy particularly, as well as personal services and community service in general, where women occupy much larger space uh, in those uh, industries. And I think the president understood the economic impact, uh, particularly the impact on revenue and incomes of those employed who are typically women and uh, predominantly black. Uh, so it's a very positive move. I think um, now that we have put uh, conditions in terms of uh, making sure that all the risk management processes are in place from checking uh, the temperatures, ensuring that the sanitization every two hours, people wash their hands, and social distancing. These businesses are now allowed to, to operate, which is very positive, I think, for, the, for our country, for the economy. But more importantly, just for those at the bottom of the pyramid to, to sustain themselves than be destitute, as they were getting closer to that, if they're not already in a closed economy. Nukila, I, I want to ask, uh, put this question to you, and I uh, also want to put it to, to Sanusha and I do in a, in a minute. Um, let me let me just uh, raise one of the concerns I have. Um, we know that we haven't reached the spike yet. We have we know that we haven't reached the worst case scenario yet. Is this not hastening and taking us towards that high point rather swiftly, as opposed to managing it uh, slowly? And uh, so what do you think? Don't you think this, this opening it up will take us uh, to the spike rather quickly? Yes, particularly in a country where we know that uh, South Africans generally are risk takers. Uh, we, we have learned from the HIV AIDS, TB, um, how people uh, often, even though they have, they have access, they don't take their medication whatsoever mm-hmm. and they don't change their sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. So, in this case, where we've been provided time to build infrastructure uh, since March 15th and providing education on the do's and don'ts, um, we've, we've seen in the Eastern case particularly how, you yeah. know, the machination and desperation yeah. and the culture uh, not allow people to take the lessons right. uh, that have been provided and responsibility and continue living as normal. So those challenges are there, but we cannot use them to shut the economy because we are hoping that employers as well as employees um, and us will be clients of the personal services, uh, specifically cut my hair and, and all sorts of things. Yeah. That when I do visit uh, my hairdresser, um, I'll do the right things. Um, yeah. And in, in, in this, at the same, the same time, they'll also provide me that I've got a good experience of social distancing, um, they're, they're protected, I'm, I'll be protected when I cut my hair. 
So those things are assumed, but I think I agree with you that, you know, we're going to see a huge spike coming through. But I think that's what it is. I think uh, what the government has done uh, its part. Me and you have to do our part with the yes. program here. You're trying to do that part. Yes. And exactly. I'm expecting every student to do the same. Ex- ex- exactly. Um, I want to go to uh, ask Sanusha, the, you know, her comment on this, but I just want to also say, make a point that um, when I one of the things that we did in the National Development Plan was uh, we put forward the idea. I, I don't know, some of you know that I, I was, I worked on the uh, on the national development plan. Is that you know the government can do its part and can build hospitals, and uh, you know, I don't know, build build uh, roads. But we need to actually use it properly. The government can uh, provide trash cans, but we need to actually use them properly. Government can build schools, but we need to uh, make sure our children go. This is part of active citizenry. So we have to do our part, and that I think that's. Part of what this, uh, the president has said this evening, Sanusha, what do you make of uh, th- that? Uh, the idea that we may- might be hastening towards this spike. Um, I think it's an inevitable hastening because it's you. You caught. I mean, the president's caught between these two very polarizing spaces. One where if he doesn't open up the economy, as uh, the colleague said, it will actually uh, hasten if not deepen the economic destitution and the economic um, constraints and impacts that will have at uh, at the lower end of the spectrum where most of the workers in the country come from the lower end of the work of the working spectrum they're not necessarily people that have uh, security income security but they actually rely on a on a paycheck on a day to day basis so for the last couple of weeks, not working means there's no no pay that's coming into a household. And then, of course, if you do the survey, you'll see these households now are entering into uh, what you call this um, below zero um, negative income in yeah. the household. Okay. So what what we have to think about is that that's one that, that that is one level. The other level is the gamble that you take in terms of saying that if we don't open up, we're going to have this increasing economic dis- d- d- uh, disparities and economic constraints and, and, and destitution happen. If we open, we're dealing with one issue, but we're also going to bas- basically precipitate uh, a, a further rise, an expo- exponential rise in the uh, number of transmissions, the number of risks that people will get uh, come to face with with regard to the coronavirus and i think for any president wherever in the world would have to think about how do you juggle can you balance can you reconcile the two and i think we are we are seeing this in other parts of the world uh, you know right now in europe they they're doing they're easing their lockdown measures we saw in uh, uh, beijing or rather china easing but we also see a second wave coming and i think that's Right. That's part of the course. Okay. Now, uh, Lumkila and Sanusha, please hold on to the line. Before I let you go, I just want to take a, a, a call uh, on this message, uh, and perhaps you can you can help us with clarity. Good evening, Karen from uh, the business uh, uh, Cape Town. Hi there. Hi. How are you? Um, not so well. Okay. Um, I've got two comments on the speech. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, Everyone who says the economy shouldn't open, and and I think you also um, sort of erred towards that side, must go without a salary for three months. Right. 
and not have money to put on the ta- food on the table for their children, not have money to pay rent. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's just so easy for all the politicians and all the people who have jobs to say, no, 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 um, keep the economy closed. It's, it's, right. it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's absolute oppression that we are not allowed to work. Secondly, and um, here I put myself on the spot, but there is one uh, black man murdered in America, which is a tragedy, and I hope that man who did it absolutely pays. He's an absolute bastard. But there are 22 women who have been tortured, raped, and died in the last two weeks in South Africa, one hung on a tree, one six-year-old thrown in a bush, and the world is not protesting against that. Right. That's a good point. It's just a tragedy. Thank you. just an absolute political thing, and the economy has to open. We can't survive. My stress levels are going through the roof, and I'm just one of thousands. How do I keep my children? Thank you very much, Karen. Lumkila, can I get you, you know, just if you wanted to comment on that briefly? Yeah, no, no, you know, to use the incident, these incidents uh, to generalize is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, we must remember that, you know, there's slavery uh, in the U.S., for example, since uh, 1619. Um, and black people continue to be marginalized, um, um, not only in the U.S. now, but everywhere in the world. So the momentum and the struggle will push that issue, which has been going on for centuries, much stronger than current issues that take that take place. So we cannot just generalize that because there's a huge momentum of Black Lives Matter, and therefore each and every issue in the world should therefore be taken up because of taking up this Black Lives Matter issue. So I think I'm just wanting to warn that that's dangerous. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Um, Generali- generalizations are always a problem. Yes. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Uh, Sanusha, do you have a, uh, a word to say before we uh, let you guys go? I'm sure you have better things to do this evening. Uh, no, I think, you know, what uh, Lumkina said was, was, was spot on because I think that it, it we've got to be careful in how we project and portray. Uh, I can understand what the caller was saying because of the way in which this violence against women and children have ch- has, has actually spiraled in South Africa, uh, even before the COVID, uh, COVID-19 lockdown measures. Uh, whether the COVID-19 lockdown measures exacerbated that, I think, is, is something that uh, is being uh, assessed in a much more critical way. But I think the, pro- the challenge for us is coming back to a point that you also made and, and the president kind of inferred, and that is we need to, you know, he, the way he said it, and he's by using the word appalled and whatever, it showed that he's both angry and, 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 and completely disgusted at what's happening. But it's also about your people people's responsibility and how they take that responsibility forward. Uh, unfortunately, we live in a society where uh, with gender-based violence in, in, a, in a holistic manner, it's very hard because there's so many different uh, issues that are at play in terms of what happens. So I think the other issue here for me is to try and get the security services and clusters in the country, all those that are responsible for keeping citizens safe, to be able to also play their part and be sensitive to these issues because some of the women that have been interviewed around these, the, this, the, the, the gender-based violence and, 
and and uh, how they feel and whether they have whether they have trust in the institutions. They say the police don't don't really do much. The police don't really take it seriously. So I think what you have to also understand is that you need to have those institutions of the state that are supposed to deal with this situation, deal with this this appalling violence that's happening. Do it in a manner that creates trust. Because at the moment, I think people, uh, women and children, especially the vulnerable, just feel marginalized because they don't feel safe going to a police station or talking to any person of authority or security personnel because they don't have that level of trust there. That was uh, Sanusha Naidu, uh, political analysis. I want to thank you for joining us this evening. And uh, yeah, it, it, the, the speech has certainly been quite interesting.